If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful year of Shepherd with you, as usual. Great to be with all of you to share some Torah thoughts, to learn the Parsha, to see what in fact this week's Parsha is telling us, to see what in fact this week's Parsha is telling us about life, about living, about how to understand the experiences that we go through, how to make life far more meaningful, how to make life far more real, how to understand what in fact it is the Almighty wants from us, what in fact it is that we should be doing, how in fact life should be lived. It's the second week of the seven weeks of consolation. The seven weeks of consolation began last week. After three weeks of unfortunately having to remember and commemorate destruction, destruction of the temple, the exile of the people, we begin seven weeks of consolation, beginning with last week when the prophet said, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, the people will be consoled. This week we continue. And it goes all the way to Rosh Hashanah, Kliyantuf. And this is the second week. And we are uplifted by the fact that week after week we are given an injection of energy. We are given an understanding that consolation is something which continues to grow, not only in simple measure, but more than double measure. We begin to understand that even though we go through experiences of difficulty, we go through experiences that are challenging, we go through experiences that sometimes makes us wonder what in fact life is all about, and then it turns and we suddenly begin to realize there is consolation, there is comfort. We begin to see purpose, we begin to see a certain dimension of light, what we went through is necessary, what we went through is important, and now we begin a different type of journey, a journey of consolation, and this is the second week. And every time we go through this this experience, the second week is the Parsha of Akiv, which we read this Shabbos. And how does it begin? Parsha is telling the Jewish people, if in fact you will listen to the various commandments that I have given you, and you will safeguard them, and you will observe them, you will do them, then God, in turn, will fulfill His promise of showering you with incredible blessings. And throughout the entire Parsha, we hear this theme being repeated one way or another. In actual fact, the second paragraph of the Shema, the Hayyim Shemoah, if in fact you will listen, God again says, I will reward you with wonderful, wonderful gifts. This is what this Parsha is all about. And as we explained, this is part of Devarim, this is part of Deuteronomy. This is Moshe telling us how he feels. This is Moshe telling us in the words of his own narrative how he sees what we should be doing. He's speaking to the generation the younger generation, the people who will be entering the promised land, the people who will be going into Israel. He is talking to a generation that will not have his leadership when they go into Israel, and therefore he has to use a language that they will appreciate, they will understand. He has to use words that will continue with them when they go into the land, and he will not 
be with them. And this is the Parsha of Achib, the second week of consolation, the Parsha of Achib. He says to them, when you will listen to the words of God, he will give you incredible dimensions of goodness. He will protect you. He will make you flourish. You will thrive materially, spiritually in the land that he has promised to your forefathers. But we stop for a moment and we ask ourselves, why does he use language which is a bit difficult to understand? He says, which is translated normally, if you will listen. But the word ekev has multiple meanings, multiple translations. It's a small three-letter word, ekev. But ekev can mean within the context of this passage, the context of this passage, if you will listen. But ekev also means a heel, the lowest part of the human body. And therefore, why does Moshe use terminology? Why does the Torah use terminology that can have multiple meanings, and not only multiple meanings, but what does a heel have to do within the context of this week's Parsha? Certainly the opening words, not only the opening words, but the very name of the Parsha is Akiv, which tells us right away that the word Akiv is a dominant term. It is something which is important. It's necessary for us to understand that the word Akiv, with all its meanings, with all its meanings, must be carried through the entire Parsha, because the entire Parsha has so many different dimensions to it. The ideas of reward, the ideas of Hashem responding to the fact that we are observing His commandments, but there has to be that understanding that the word Akev plays this vital, critical role in everything that we are going to learn within this parsha, And as I've told you often, within Lashon HaKodesh, within the Holy Tongue, certain words have multiple meanings. And even though they have multiple meanings, it doesn't mean that they are different and isolated one from another. They have multiple meanings, but all those meanings have to be connected to each other. There is a relationship. And therefore, we have to understand what is the relationship between Bahaya Ekev Tishma'un, if you will listen, and Ekev translated as the heel. And not only that, it doesn't say Bahaya Ekev, if you will do, if you will listen. Why does he simply say, if you will do? And the word Ekev and Tishma'un is something which makes us understand that there is something at play over here. The word Ekev, which can mean if, it can mean heal. Tishma'un means if you will fulfill, it can also mean if you will listen, if you will hear. And we've often talked about what is the quality of hearing. The quality of hearing is not only the power of listening, the power of hearing. The power of hearing is that dimension within the human that takes that which we experience and that which we understand and we begin to apply it on different levels of comprehension. We begin to see the detail. We begin to see the various dimensions of comprehension within that situation. There is sight. When we see the whole thing, all of it at once, Tishma'un 
is when we see the detail, each specific dimension, each specific dimension by itself and how it fits in to the greater whole. A puzzle. Each piece has its own shape. Each piece has its own place. At the end, we see the entire thing. What is the power of listening? Each word has its own structure, its own definition, its own detail. And its own detail has its own meaning. And by understanding each specific detail, we begin to understand what, in fact, the entire structure is all about. And therefore, the opening words of this week's Parsha talks to us in an incredibly profound way. Not only if you will listen, but if you will fully comprehend. Not only if you will fully comprehend, but if your heel will comprehend. And that boggles the mind. Heal, comprehend, your mind comprehends. Perhaps your heart comprehends. But how does a heel comprehend? A heel is anything but that which comprehends. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the opening words of this week's Pasha, as I said, a simple translation, when you will listen, if you will listen, no, but the word Ekev means heal, and Tishmu'un is not only to fulfill, but to listen, to understand, to comprehend, to analyze the detail. What is that really all about? Rashi comes to the rescue. Rashi, the great commentary, he says, what is the word Ekev all about? He said, there's certain commandments that you trample underfoot. You think to yourself, they're not very important. And this is why these commandments, it's like you, well, you, there's no consequence. You step on them. And because you step on them, they become unimportant. And what the Torah is saying, what this passage is saying, If in fact, even those that many would, and perhaps even you would at times trample underfoot, even those you will fulfill with dedication, then I will, in fact, bless you and fulfill the great promises that I have given you and the patriarchs. In other words, how does the word Akif heal actually come into play? Because it refers to those commandments that you trample under your heel. But it goes further than that as well. And I use the example of the puzzle, the jigsaw puzzle. When a person has a jigsaw puzzle and he starts putting all the pieces together, you know, you don't come and say, well, this piece is unimportant. Every piece is important. Because when you come to the end of the puzzle and one piece is missing, you suddenly realize that the entire structure, the entire puzzle is faulty. It's not finished. It's incomplete. Every single piece has value. The Haya Eik of Tishimun comes to teach us the art of humility, to recognize the importance of detail. Because very often we can become overwhelmed with detail. There are so many things. So we say to ourselves, this is important, this is not important. This is necessary, 
This is not necessary. This is of consequence. This is of no consequence. We make that mistake as we begin to undertake certain projects. But as we continue, as we develop, we begin to realize every single detail, every single piece has purpose, has meaning, without which the entire structure remains unfinished, it remains faulty, it remains undone. Tishma'un is the art of comprehension, looking at the detail. And the more we look at detail, the more we appreciate the value of each detail. When we look at the big picture, we often think to ourselves, well, this is important, this is not important. But when we tishmu'un, when we begin to comprehend, when we begin to listen and listen carefully, not only listening in the simple sense of the word, but when we begin to recognize the value of each sound, of each letter, of each word, we begin to realize that, yes, each word is vital for the comprehension of this sentence, of this idea, of that which we are trying to communicate to others and what others are trying to communicate to us. Each word has value. Each sound has purpose. Each sound completes the thought, the idea that is being communicated. We have to have the humility to understand the necessity of each specific detail. What Hashem is telling us over here, what Maisha is saying, when you come into the land, you're going to be overwhelmed by all sorts of new challenges, new ideas, new moments. Don't lose sight of detail. Don't lose sight of those important things. You know, a great many people say, ah, just do the big things. Don't worry about the small details. What a stupid thing to say. It is precisely the small details that makes up what life is really all about. The simple gestures on a daily basis, the small interactions between people, it's the detail of life that makes life. Of course, life has large moments, great moments, moments that are, well, huge. But the bread and butter of life, the bulk of life, the reality of life, are those small details. Ask any person, anyone who's involved in any type of relationship, what is the bond of the relationship? What makes the relationship real and strong? Those small gestures, the constant gestures, those small responses and reactions. You take a child, how do we train a child? How do we teach a child? We teach a child to say, thank you. Not as some huge response, but this should be the natural response to something. When someone extends kindness, when someone shares goodness, your response should be, thank you. Someone sneezes, you say, bless you, it's a gesund. This should be a natural response. I asked the question before. Your heel should understand. You know, we all know the concept of muscle memory, where you train yourself 
so that intuitively you react, you respond in a particular sort of way. You say Shema. What happens when you say Shema? As you say Shema, your hand intuitively, naturally covers your eyes. You walk through a door. Your hand naturally, intuitively reaches out to the mezuzah in order to kiss the mezuzah. A woman who kindles the Shabbos lights, who kindles the Shabbos lights on the Friday Eve, she naturally covers her eyes. Ekev Tishmavon. We have to create within even our heel the spiritual muscle memory of how to behave as a Jew. It's not enough that our mind understands. It's not enough that our heart feels. It's not enough that our higher dimensions of life comprehend or feel. Our body has to respond naturally, intuitively to things that are Jewish. Our body has to naturally respond. We pick up a piece of food, we naturally make a blessing. When we do something, our immediate response should be a Jewish response, a Torah response, a Torah action. We don't behave in a way that it's something which is foreign. It's something which is difficult. It's something which interferes with our natural form of behavior. Even our heel has to understand. The muscle memory, the spiritual muscle memory of our body and even the lowest part of our body naturally knows how to behave because it too understands the importance of the detail. And this is why it behaves in a particular way. Can you imagine if this is the way we all behave? If this was the correct manner? If it wasn't something that was forced? If it wasn't something that was, well, pushed upon us? But this was a natural way. And this is what parents have to understand. And this is what we talk about later in the Parsha. What do we talk about later in the Parsha? You shall teach your children. It's not only teaching your children. It's by creating Jewish muscle memory within a child. Just as we train our children to behave in a particular way. To say their thank yous. To respond in a gentle and kind way. To behave in a particular sort of way that we want them to behave. So we must train our children to act Jewishly naturally and to feel comfortable with it. Not only to feel comfortable with it, but to recognize that this is a source of pride. And this is something which they want to do. And this is something which will give them a sense of dignity and a sense of purpose. So when a Jewish child walks through a door, naturally reaches out for a mezuzah. When a Jewish child says the Shema, naturally covers the eye. When a Jewish child picks up a piece of food, naturally makes the blessing. Etc., 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 the Hoya Ekev Tishma. And what does God say? 
God says, when you will function in this sort of way, where you naturally begin to behave, that even your heel functions along those lines. Hashem says, I will respond in kind fashion. I will respond naturally by giving you all that you need, materially and spiritually. I will bless you. I will bless you with all sorts of great and wonderful things. I will give you and multiply the fruit of your grain, of your womb, everything. I will love you and you will live peacefully within your land. Now those are powerful words. Those are enormous dimensions of blessing, of greatness. But how does it all begin? The Hoya Ekev Tishmah. How do we do it? You must safeguard them. And you must do them. You must practice them. Safeguard means hold on to them. Make sure that you don't lose them. To safeguard something means they are precious and you watch over them. You guard them. You keep them safe. And you continue doing them. The training session is there. Every single day you continue, you continue, you continue. Until Ekev Tishma'un, even the heel begins to understand, begins to recognize detail, begins to know. But there's another meaning to Ekev. We'll talk about that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Akeb means the heel. Akeb means if. Akeb has another meaning as well. Akeb refers to the end of time. The end of time in the sense, the time that we understand, the time just before the coming of Mashiach, Ikvita de Mashiach. What the Torah is telling us, Vahaya Akeb, If your life will be structured along these lines, along the lines that you have trained yourselves, others, your children, your students, that your natural responses should be a life of correct responses, the ultimate reward will come with the coming of Mashiach, Ekev, the heel of time, the heel of time, the moments before Mashiach. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. There is a grand purpose to all of this. Because otherwise a person can ask, what's it really all about? So we train ourselves. Do we become robots? Do we become, well, we behave in a particular sort of way, we act in a certain... What is it really all about? We act in a particular sort of way because there is a divine plan to everything that happens. There's a divine plan to the entire purpose of God's creation. And each and every one of us has a role to play in that divine plan. We don't train ourselves to act in a particular sort of way because God expects us to behave like robots. But each and every one of us has a majestic beauty to the specific details of how we fit into this incredible divine puzzle. 
And while we may not understand it as we go through the personal experiences of life, as we encounter the very many challenges of life, come one day we will see the big picture. It will open up in front of us. And this is why, as we continue with the Parsha, what is the next section all about? It says you'll come into the promised land and you'll say to yourself, wow, how can I possibly succeed? These nations are so much bigger than I am, so much mightier than I am. And you might lose whatever type of hope you have, whatever type of strength you have, by thinking to yourself that you will never succeed. So what does God say? Remember the miracles of the past. Remember what I did to Pharaoh in Egypt. Just look at your history and you'll understand your destiny. And this is something which is so important to understand. What does the heel represent? The heel represents the bottom of the foot. What does the foot represent? The foot represents a journey, movement from point to point. We aren't static people. We aren't statues. We aren't robots. We are a people on the move. We continue. We grow. We go from situation to situation, from stage to stage, from level to level. We don't stand still. We continue to grow. We begin at a certain point. And interestingly enough, who was the patriarch that had 12 sons, each one becoming the head of a tribe. His name was Yaakov. Yaakov. His name had the word Akib in it. He was the symbol of the wandering Jew. He was the symbol of the individual who had incredible challenges. He is the one who, despite whatever difficulty he went through, never gave up on his strength, on his dignity, on his devotion. He is the one who trained his 12 sons, each one of them, to become a giant, the head of a tribe. He is the one that became the foundation of the Jewish people. And this is how we look to our past. Where do we come from? We didn't suddenly appear a 100 years ago or 500 years ago or a 1,000 years ago. We go all the way back. And this is why our vision, our understanding of who we are, the way we see detail, it's a journey that goes back thousands of years and will take us to the coming of Mashiach. This is the Akev dimension of what the Jewish people are all about. We don't lose whatever it is that we have because we have a difficult challenge. On the contrary, we grow, we thrive with every single challenge we have. We might go through a difficulty, but when we reflect for a moment where we come from and what has happened in the past, and we stop for a moment and we consider what our sages tell us in terms of the future, when we look at the Akim, when we look at the difficulty, Akim, and when we look at the fact that Akiv represents the moments before Mashiach, suddenly an entire different picture opens up in front of us. Suddenly there is an entire different image. Our strength returns, our faith returns, our understanding of who and what we are becomes so 
much more clear. This is who and what we are. And this is why all these ideas of Akif, listening, looking at detail, understanding, understanding the importance of each detail, even that which seems to be insignificant, understanding the Jewish muscle memory that I spoke about before, understanding the small details of life, appreciating the small details of life. All of this is part of the seven weeks of consolation, this being the second. Because what is consolation? Consolation is understanding why we have gone through difficulty. Consolation is not only, well, going through a situation of difficulty and, well, with the passage of time becoming easier. Consolation means it becomes real. We begin to see the value in all of that. We begin to see the value in each and every single detail. And this is why the Shabbos, many of you will be back at Shul. The Shuls are reopened. Thank God the virus is easing off. The pandemic is becoming a little bit easier. Still, you have to be careful. But many of you will be back in Shul. So pick up a Chumash. And as you go through the reading of the Parsha, you will see this idea, this message of understanding, of safeguarding, of doing, of listening, looking at detail, understanding humility, understanding the heal with all its meanings. Apply it to yourself. Make it your own. See it within the context of your own life. The Hoya Ekev Tishma. Understand the details of your life. Understand the situations that you have to hear, that you have to understand the beauty of the details within your own life. Make them real. Make them your own. Good job.